You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. the next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you. The DU Podcast with your host, Chris Jennings. All right, I'm sitting here with Dr. Mike Brazier. And recently, he was down in uh, Louisiana, down on the Gulf Coast, uh, working on some restoration stuff that DU's working on down there. Mike, can you kind of explain what you're doing? They're called marsh terraces. Yes, uh, marsh terracing. It's a restoration technique, one of the many restoration techniques that DU's involved in on coastal Louisiana. Uh, there's a lot of – any any waterfowl hunter that, that has, a, has a good view of sort of the landscape of waterfowl habitats across North America will know that Louisiana – uh, has a vast amount of, of coastal wetlands provide important habitat for waterfowl, but what folks also probably know is that Louisiana is losing coastal wetlands probably at a faster rate, at a faster rate than any other uh, any other location in, in North America. Since 1932, I think it's like yeah. 1.2 million acres of vegetated marsh have been converted to open water due to a number of factors. We're not going to get into all of those factors on this podcast. We'll have an opportunity. What's the rate? The, it's like that. a football field every... There's a number in there. I can never remember what yeah, it is. We'll, I think we'll the last. I think the last time it was calculated, it was like one and a half football fields every f- forty-five minutes or something of that nature. Yeah. It gets recalculated it's pretty every drastic. now and then. Well, and the, and the thing you have to remember about that is that that reflects a long-term average, right? Yeah. And so, as the long-term rate of wetland loss changes, so does that little thumbnail sketch mm-hmm. of the rate at which losses occurs. And and that's that's a little um, that's something that's that's designed to emphasize the significance of, of what's actually happening there. Uh, so, so yeah, that's, you can convert that 1.2 million acres to something that's more, you know, more, more time relevant, I guess. And this terracing is one, one piece of the puzzle to 
what Ducks Unlimited's work is as far as restoration, not only what these terraces are, I want you to explain, but who else is even doing this? Well, so the restoration technique itself has been in existence since 1990. So in the, in the natural resource management world, it's still, still fairly new. I think the first restoration, uh, the, the first terracing project was implemented in southwestern Louisiana on Sabine National Wildlife Refuge. Uh, various conservation agencies, organizations have, have been associated with the implementation of this technique, and I'll explain what it is here mm -hmm. in a minute. Uh, but, but folks like Duck, Ducks Unlimited, uh, NOAA, National Oceanic, well, through their National Marine Fisheries Service, uh, NRCS, actually, the way things work in Louisiana, I think they've probably been involved in some terracing projects, and then the state agencies, Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries, and then actually in Texas as well, this is a technique that's used there as well. So by now, people are probably wondering, well, what, what the heck is marsh yeah. terracing anyway? <laughs> and, and so the first thing that I, I'll try to help people understand is you look across this coastal marsh landscape of Louisiana and Texas, and so you have this interspersion of vegetation and, and water. And the way this marsh loss process works, at least one way that it works, is, is you get these areas of vegetated marsh that begin to erode through due, due to a number of factors. And as those areas erode and convert to open water, you start to get these, you know, these open bodies of water. And the bigger those things become, the greater the wave energy that gets created. So then as, the worse erosion. That's right. And so gets, it's yeah. this negative feedback cycle as that vegetation dies, erodes mm -hmm. or whatever, it converts to open water. And then you're just accelerating the erosion of the adjacent areas. And so, and that also has a lot of other unintended negatives, shouldn't say unintended, but has a lot of other negative consequences by increasing turbidity. And when you increase turbidity, you reduce the opportunity for light penetrating into the water column and grow submerged aquatics, which are good groceries for ducks. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, and I other I, wildlife and that, fish well, that's right. and everything. I mean, it's, that's right. And well, I, we're all ducks. That's right. <laughs> that's right. I, I don't know who came up with the idea, but it's a, it's a principle that's been applied into other, in other areas as well. And so what you want to do is sort of interrupt that, that negative feedback cycle of open water getting bigger and more turbid and more wavy. Uh, you want to interrupt that cycle. And so what people have done is they take these uh, – terracing is a process by which you go into these open water areas that were formerly marsh and you excavate from the substrate there for, you, with these so – you're, you're digging it out right there. Yeah, in these – what are they called? Marsh buggies that where mm -hmm. it's basically uh, an excavator and the tracks are, are, are mounted on like a floating buoy or floating platform. So it's like it's, a big barge. So it's a barge on tracks. Oh, barge I mean, on tracks. Okay, it's yeah. literally yeah. like an excavator that floats. The yeah. tracks are on some buoy. Scariest tank imaginable. It's, it's pretty crazy because you see these things out in the water, and if the water's deep enough, you'll see them rocking back and forth, you know, literally almost oh, wow. floating. And so these excavators go out there, and, they, and so they excavate the, the bottom of this uh, the, the substrate, and they'll pile it up into these linear shapes, linear ridges. In some cases, they make a checkerboard pattern out of these ridges. In some cases, they make a series of chevrons. Mm -hmm. And so they create this series of ridges in this open water body, and that is designed to interrupt that, that negative feedback cycle. And it really it occurs through, through sort of a stepwise process. When you, when you uh, create these earthen berms, if you will, they stand up – they're up above the surface of the water um, – 
then you reduce the, the length over which the waves can generate height and energy and all that kind of stuff. So you're reducing wave energy, and by reducing wave energy, you reduce erosion of the surrounding marsh. You also reduce turbidity in theory, and then that allows the submerged aquatics a uh, greater opportunity to grow. And so then when you improve the submerged aquatics, you're, uh, the idea is that we're improving habitat conditions for fish and water birds mm-hmm. and waterfowl. So, so it's like a big levee that it's like, Various shapes, chevrons. It's a series. If you're looking at it from an aerial, it's a series of levees within an open water body. And if anyone ever connected, that's right. They're not connected. Uh, They're they're just sort of segmented. If you ever fly out of Lafayette, fly out of New Orleans, uh, across coastal Louisiana, you can look down. Actually, you can go on Google Earth and do this as well. Just sort of pan around Google Earth, and you will see these sort of linear-shaped features, systematically linear features in certain parts of the coast. There's a lot in southwestern Louisiana. There are some south of Homa, south of Lafitte. And so Mm -hmm. it wouldn't be too hard to go out there and to go on Google Earth and and find those. When you're digging these up and building these these berms, are are you replanting vegetation or does the vegetation naturally grow? Well, it's both. But okay. typically uh, when when after the uh, the terrace is constructed, usually these projects come with a veg- vegetation establishment mm-hmm. um, component where yes, you do plant at least the perimeter of the of the terrace to protect it against wave erosion until until vegetation can be more fully established across the entire across the entire terrace. So that's another benefit that is immediately realized is that you are recreating, reestablishing emergent marsh. Mm -hmm. And that emergent marsh, while it may not necessarily provide a lot of groceries for ducks, it does provide habitat for birds. And what specifically, so that's a bit of a description about the restoration technique itself. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a quite prominent component of DU's restoration efforts in coastal Louisiana. And I was down in Louisiana specifically re- to assist with a research project that was in, that's investigating the benefits that we're getting from this restoration technique. There's been a host of research projects conducted to look at how fish and crustaceans have responded to this to this technique, Very and cool. and that's it's pretty well established that all of those studies have documented positive and fairly rapid benefits, mm-hmm. you know, to to the to the aquatic organisms, but the but the, the 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 information available to tell us how it's affecting submerged aquatics and and water birds and waterfowl is much more sparse. And so, w- Ducks Unlimited and uh, and Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries partnered with Mississippi State University last year on the beginning of a research project that is a multifaceted interdisciplinary research project that's investigating all these different aspects of what we're actually getting from marsh terracing. There are numerous components to this research. One involves waterfowl surveys, which are conducted from roughly September through February. Mm-hmm. And and the, one of the things that we have as part of this research design is one of the things that we'll get into, and we'll try not to get too, de- too, too technical, but we have a terraced site that we're counting birds on, and we have an unterraced site that we're counting birds on. So we'll be able to make that comparison. And we have about 24 of those paired sites across the coast, all the way from Rockefeller Refuge in the west to to south of Galliano and Golden Meadow. So that'll give you an idea if that habitat is improving so drastically that, 
you know, ducts are right. on this side, but That's not right. on the other That's where right. there's no tears. That's right. And we're also measuring uh, submerged aquatic response. We're measuring, we're partnering with some hydrologists at Mississippi State to measure wave attenuation and really what are, how, and, and then the more interesting part of it, once we get that information, because we're doing this across such a large sample of terraces that differ somewhat in their design and their location and the soil characteristics, we'll be able to look, at a, look across those different sites and answer the question of which ones are performing better. Oh, and yeah. here's, here's the connection to how Ducks Unlimited does That's as far work. as the shapes and the... Shapes, location, soil characteristics. So if we can find certain locations, certain terrace styles, designs, construction, whatever the case may be, that perform better, that's the information that Ducks Unlimited and other partner agencies will use going forward to when, when designing and implementing new, rest, mm -hmm. new marsh terracing projects. And therefore, we will be improving the, the effectiveness of our, of our conservation efforts um, and in the process also being more efficient with our yeah. expenditure of funds. And so that's – I was down there helping with some, with some collection of the submerged aquatic vegetation data and that was – we were using some – uh, quadcopter uh, unmanned aerial vehicles to collect some of that data. So it's uh, it was it was a uh, a neat opportunity for me to be out in the field, assist uh, a few graduate students on that data collection, and and uh, get on get my feet back in the water and and um, see some of the work that we're doing. Hopefully, bring some science to that work as well. Very cool. Now, just one quick question, and we're going to roll out. Um, what are some of the different submerged aquatic vegetations that you guys were specifically looking for that would be a key target for waterfowl. I mean, you're talking like widgeon grass and um, just some of the various different SAVs that you guys were looking for. Yeah, so at the most basic level, we're just wanting to to measure differences in submerged aquatic. Any of those that, uh, whether it be widgeon grass, whether it be water milfoil, you really don't think, you typically don't think of water milfoil as a good submerged aquatic because it's, it's non-native, but we know from uh, from various uh, studies in the past that that waterfowl do eat it, especially gadwall really? in in some some areas in some areas in Louisiana uh, and in other places as well. You manage for uh, water milfoil, or at least you don't manage against yeah. it, you know, because it's better than nothing. Yeah. And and in some cases, it's actually preferred hydrilla. As bad as it can be, mm -hmm. uh, it does provide some cover for invertebrates and some ducks have been shown to eat it. I don't know what all they get from it. But uh, so at the most basic level, is it producing submerged aquatic? Is it is it assisting in the production of submerged aquatic, creating conditions conducive to that uh, compared to the unterraced site? And, you know, is it therefore are we being effective with our conservation? Uh, but if we had to kind of look at the different types of submerged aquatic, and if there are some that we'd get really excited about, the I mean, rupia, you know, um, the widgeon grass mm -hmm. would certainly be at the top of that list. Yeah. Um, and th yeah, that's that's probably the, the top of the list, uh, but there are a host of others. Um, there's probably a thousand different variants that you're, maybe not that many. But. Yeah, there's not that many, but um, the the milfoil, water milfoil would be, would, would not necessarily be a bad thing. Uh, coontail would yeah. not necessarily be a bad thing. Any of the other sort of floating, uh, is, well, I don't know if they're sort of uh, the Brasinia, it's, it's not really a, uh, not really submerged aquatic. It's sort of a floating aquatic, but any of those type of, of, uh, species of vegetation, they would be beneficial to be good, you know, it, because it creates, it creates, um, uh, that's some of the others that, that I was just completely forgetting about. Some of the, um, 
pond weeds. Yeah. Yeah. I just could, totally spaced on those. I knew I was forgetting some of those. And then uh, Naas, it's uh, the genus is Naas, uh, N-A-J-A-S. It's another one that's uh, pretty beneficial. And so you can find that in some of those locations. Now, last week, just to let you know, Waters were kind of high yeah. in the marsh, it, and we yeah. found very, very little production of submerged aquatics in, the, in either the, the terraced sites or the unterraced sites. And it's probably just an artifact of how high the river was and how all the rain that they've been getting yeah. in coastal Louisiana here over the over the summer. So, cool. Didn't find a whole lot, of, but uh, but in previous years we've ha- we have. You yeah, know, and well, that's part of the process. It is. You know, it you is and it's not just a one year deal. We'll be going back. Uh, might be going back next month, but then I'll also be going back next year uh, mm-hmm. to collect data for a second year. Cool. That's awesome. And, and, and again, you know, people out there listening to learning about these marsh terraces, you know, Mike mentioned, you can go on Google Earth and, and check these out, you know, south of Lafayette, south of Lafitte. Um, not so many, not so many south of Lafayette. You kind of have to go west a west. little bit for you. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, go to Google Earth, check them out. Right. But, uh, appreciate it, Mike. Absolutely. Yeah. It's good being part of this. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit www.ducks.org slash DU Podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina ProPlan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside.